As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yo. Technology. What is it all about? I believe in the next 20 years, there's going to be baby born on the moon from the people who are living on the moon. And they're going to be parents who are going to be looking up and saying, we come from that planet. Hello and welcome to Danny in the Valley, your weekly dispatch from behind the scenes and inside the minds from the top people in tech. I am on vacation this week and it is glorious, but no matter. We are bringing you another episode, which I actually recorded a few weeks ago with Naveen Jain, who's a larger than life entrepreneur who has started seven companies now. Going back to the dot-com days, he's made and lost fortunes. He's been sued, he's bounced back, and these days, well, life is pretty good. He owns the island, the next island over from Richard Branson in the British Virgin Islands, so, you know, he owns an island, so I guess he's one at life. And he now runs two companies that we're going to talk about in this week's pod. One is called Moon Express, which, believe it or not, wants to turn the moon into the eighth continent, so yeah moon colonization and the other one that he's founded is called viome which as he likes to say will make illness optional but this is not through some kind of magic elixir um what they do instead is they analyze the microbes in your gut and then tell you what foods to avoid basically what foods are poisonous for you or toxic and which ones you should eat the only catch now earmuffs for any kids listening You have to mail in your poop, or a little sample of it anyway. Anyhow, Jane was passing through Silicon Valley recently, partly because he has written a book called Moonshots, which is about, you know, the lessons he's learned, uh, you know, over a few decades of entrepreneurship, the ups and downs, ins and outs, etc. So if you like what you hear, maybe you want to check that out. Anyhow, I hope you enjoy the conversation. We recorded it at his hotel, actually in his hotel room. And yeah, I think you'll find it interesting. I know I did. So without further ado, I will give you Naveen Jane. Enjoy. We're live. We are live. Here in the Four Seasons in Palo Alto. Yes, that's what we think. Yeah. <laughs> We are in the virtual reality, so you have no idea where we really are. We just believe where we are. This is a simulation. Yes. Well, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. I really appreciate being with you. So you have lots of fingers and lots of pies. So trying to figure out what is the best way to start. They all have one thing in common. What's that? So every one of the business that I do is there to move the humanity forward. That if successful have a potential to change the lives of billions of people. And to me, that's the only way if you want to create a sustainable business is to do something 
that could improve the lives of billions of people. That means doing good and doing well really comes together. You know, it used to be mutually exclusive. You build a business or you do philanthropy. But I really believe if you want to do small good in the world, you do the non-profit. If you want to do large good in the world, you create a scalable, profitable business because profit is, is what allows you to scale to billions of people. Because if you're losing money in a philanthropy, then it's just a matter of time before you run out of money. I don't care how rich you are. So it really has to be something, not only it solves problem, but solves in a sustainable way. And that to me is really what should the purpose of business should be. So what are you doing right now? You have like... T- a couple things that are kind of keeping me busy at the moment, right? Well, the way to look at this stuff and see what are the biggest problems facing humanity? The bigger the problem, bigger the opportunity. So it's not that somehow I am doing things that are good for humanity. The only way they can be good for humanity is because they can also create a great business, right? I believe the best way to solve a problem is to find something meaningful to a billion people. And if you can do that, you can create an amazing business out of it. What are those problems? Those problems are things that we always talk about. Energy, food, sustainability. You talk about survival and you talk about health and you talk about education. And those are the things that really are meaningful to billions of people. So right now I'm focused on uh, health. Imagine a world where illness could be a matter of choice. Imagine a world where no one has to be sick unless they make a decision to be sick. And what if that was illness possible? Illness as a, as a choice, as an option. Yeah, Optional as an option. Illness. And that is possible. There has never been a time in human history where individuals are doing things that were science fiction. Those science fiction are becoming science reality now, right? To be able to understand at a molecular level what's happening inside your body. What if to modulate it, you didn't require any drugs? What if those personalized medicine that we talk about, what if that medicine was simply the food? And to me, it always starts with the same question. What if? And those are the two words. What is it I can imagine? Because if I can imagine it, I can do it. The second thing I'm trying to do is really is the survival of human species. It's not just talking about the survival of the planet. And we keep every one of us, especially in Europe, is so hung up on, oh my God, the planet, oh my God, the planet. And I love this planet. Let's not worry for a second here. This planet has been around for a long time, before the human species came and after the human species leave. The microorganisms that have been there for three and a half billion years ago, they were there before the dinosaurs died and they were there after dinosaurs died. And the planet was there before dinosaurs died and it survived after the dinosaurs died. Same thing will happen unless we protect the human species. And that to me is what I'm worried about. Seven billion of us are in the same spacecraft. And if our spacecraft gets hit by a large asteroid, we all as a species will die. And this planet will continue to move along. On the the food as medicine. Yeah. That's your company, Viome, yes. which we'll talk about in a sec. And the survival of the species, I presume that's what you're talking Moon about. Express. Moon, Moon Express. Express. Moon Creating a multi-planetary society so we can distribute the human species on multiple planets. Moon being the first place because it's closest to Earth. That means if you're going to solve those problems, may as well solve them while we stay close to the Earth. Today we look at the thing, we shake our head and say, really? Is that even possible? 
And answer is yes. Not only so it's possible. So what is Moon Express? Give me, give me a the science m- fiction. <laughs> yes, the the name is out of something out of Silicon Valley, the TV show. Moon Express, which makes it sound like it's a Greyhound bus to the moon. That's it. So there you have it. So essentially, creating a multi-planetary society where going to the moon simply becomes as easy as hop- hopping on a Greyhound bus. So you started this company in 2010. Yes. What is Moon Express doing today? How far how far from reality is this vision? We are planning to launch our first mission to the moon next year. And that's not that far away. <laughs> moon Express is the only company in the universe that has permission to leave Earth orbit. In the universe. In the universe. Did you check? <laughs> well, <laughs> th- let's try this. At least, or how about let's get on the planet Earth for a second. Okay. <laughs> let's stick with that one. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean it has, you guys are the only ones that have permission so to leave the... Yeah, I knew you would ask that. Who gives you that permission? How yeah. do you get that permission? And you know, why did you, why did you get that permission and all that good stuff? No one ever imagined that a private company would ever leave Earth orbit. So how do you go about doing something that has never been done before? It was anticipated that countries will do that. So they signed the, the interplanetary treaty amongst the nation. And the way the treaty was defined was, if any nation were to launch any vehicle in space, they take responsibility for everything, any damage that could be caused to any other country. To some extent, you can think of it as really being in the international waters. And you have to fly under a country's flag. In this case, we are going to go to the moon under the U.S. flag. That means they need to make sure that everything we do is going to be safe and secure, both from the national security perspective, but also for the perspective of safety of other human beings and other nations, because they have to take responsibility for that. Approval or cooperation from, I don't know, NASA or the Pentagon or whomever that the body is that governs this. But the interesting thing, there was nobody that governs it. That was the thing. So we went to every three-letter agency, right? Yeah. Every three-letter agency we went to told us the same thing. We can give you 100 reasons why we would never allow this. But even if you were to satisfy all of our concerns, we just won't say no. But we can't say yes because it's not in our charter to approve anything. And finally, the White House decided that this this problem has to be solved because unlike— This White House? This No, the Obama White House. Okay. Oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, did I say that? <laughs> so President Obama signed into the law that says it's a Space Resource Act of 2015 that allows— us to have a ownership of any material that we bring back from the moon or any other celestial body. Right. And that is really interesting because there was never a clear ownership rights. And now they basically decided that they're going to treat the space very similar to international water. But you also have non-interference, right? It's not something a oil, like Exxon goes there, it spends billions of dollars and finds the oil and BP comes and say, hey, move along. I, yeah. I, we're going to go. They're going to say, no, 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 no. This is our space. You can drill somewhere else, but you can interfere with our operation. And now the same laws are being applied to the space, which really... Moon mining. 
It doesn't have to be mining. I think that's just a part of the things, right? It could be whether it's lunar colonies. It could be finding for the resources. It doesn't have to be, you know, people have this concept of mining and mining means destruction, which mm. is what we know of mining today. On the moon, it is more like collecting rather than mining. And here's why. Moon is substantially smaller body than planet Earth. When it broke off from the Earth, which is the current theory, it actually solidified in very early stages and it became solid, unlike planet Earth. Since the moon solidified early, when the asteroids are hitting the moon, guess what happens? They essentially shatter right on the surface. So all the asteroidal riches for the last billions of years have been collected on the moon. So when people say we want to do asteroid mining, wait a sec, there is an aggregator of asteroids is called the moon. <laughs> Other part that really is exciting about the moon is the water on the moon. As you know, the water is the oil of the space economy. Water means hydrogen and oxygen, fuel for the rocket and fuel for the human beings. And that's really exciting. Now, not only you can make a place livable, you can also use that as a launch pad to go to deep space because now you have a few depots along the ways. And really the idea is how do we use the resources on the moon in situ to be able to live on the moon? Do we have to use the resources and do we have to be a species as we know of it? Or would the human species can be modified to live on a different, completely different environment? The human species modified to live on the moon. Or, or any other place. I mean, think about it. The people who live in Scandinavia mm -hmm. and the people who live in Africa. Send them to the moon. No. I mean, <laughs> or people who live in Africa. Yeah. They have adapted to mm -hmm. live on the environment. Yeah. Right? Why is that some people are pale, some are black, some are different, you know, very different adaptations when people mm -hmm. talk about oh my god oh my god how are you going to modify the human species that human species gets modified based on where you live to over a very 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 long time now you're getting the crux of it it used to be by random selection now the technology that we have at our disposal is able to accelerate that path and it's no longer trial and error it can actually be done by design we know there are bacterial bacteria that are growing in radioactive nuclear waste. That means nature has figured out how to protect its DNA from very high radiation. More than that, nature has also figured out how to use radiation as a source of energy. Now imagine if we can take the genetic material from these bacteria organisms, use the CRISPR to modify the human genes in vivo, that means as you know while you're still living and now you can be not only radiation proof and what if you don't even need the food for source of energy anymore what if the radiation was the only energy source you needed what if in the evening all you have to say honey do you want to go out for a walk and get some radiation that is all in our mindset this sounds like the plot of a science fiction dystopia where the lunar humans we genetically engineer rise up and kill us all but that's that is a dystopian <laughs> plot, or it could be a utopian plot where the humans are multiplanetary society, all having the same purpose of keeping the humanity alive in different places and reseed the humanity. One of the things I think is so interesting about 
you're just talking about this making us a multi-planetary species. You're not alone in thinking this. Not you know, at all. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, etc. They're all pouring billions of dollars into this idea of making us, yeah, as you say, an interplanetary species. Yes. Why? This is not a matter of if. It's only a matter of when. So what about the why? The why part is a survival of the human species. Do you want to restart another evolution of another species that may be totally different, that we don't know what, how long would that take? What happened to dinosaurs? I mean, obviously, we all believe there was an asteroidal Mm -hmm. hit that essentially caused the elimination of the dinosaur species. And dinosaurs were big, bulky, and lot of strength. Yeah. If they got wiped out, do you think we tiny species will survive? By our own hand, by environmental change? or No, by asteroidal hit. So this is about avoiding our eventual and inevitable death by asteroid. That's right. I mean, the fact is, every single day, thousands of times, the asteroids are falling on Earth. We saw what happened in Chelyabinsk in Russia very recently. I yeah. do, what happened? In- the meteorite basically blew up on top of the Russia, broke all the windows, fell there, you know, and it was okay. caught live. Right. right. So matter of that point is, when is the next one? You know, my point is, so you have to start thinking about, oh, that will never happen. To ha- What can we do to protect ourselves? And people say, why? There are plenty of problems on planet Earth. Why not deal with the yes. problems that you're failing on, That's facing where I was on going planet with Earth yeah. instead of facing on this uh, other places? Yeah. And I say that is the mindset of scarcity that says, if you do this, you cannot do something else. You have to start thinking about like I do, which is I can do that and I can still help the humanity on Earth. And that is my second company that I started called Viome. Right? So I want to get to Viome, but I just want to finish because yeah. I, I just want to get a sense of where Moon Express is. So yeah. you've been at this since 2010. How much money has this eaten up? Well, not much in a big picture, right? So we have spent $50 million developing the technology. And five now zero. Five zero. So right. it's not a lot of money in a big picture, right? And so in that launch next year, what is that launch so of? It's going to be the first mission to the moon for under $10 million. That will fundamentally prove now the technology exists that does not require hundreds of millions or billions of dollars to be able to go to the moon. Coordinated by NASA. Coordinated by NASA. Right. The first time we landed on the moon, it cost us a, you know $10 billion. And, and you had to mobilize the whole nation to do so. Yeah. Those $10 billion in 60s would now be $100 billion. Now, the beauty is with the exponential technologies. You can 3D print the rockets. You can 3D print the parts. The things, you don't need to custom make the LIDARs because you can use the same LIDAR technology that is in self-driving cars. And all the things that are making the iPhones thinner, cheaper, faster are the same things that are making the space travel easy. The interesting thing is, as you mentioned, why are so many entrepreneurs are looking at space? Is because there are tremendous amount of parallels between space and the internet. Right? How, how so? Yeah. <laughs> so if you look at the internet in a broad picture, there were three sets of companies that were created. Mm-hmm. Companies that laid the fiber. A lot of which ended in disaster. 
Thank you for pointing that out. But when they started, what they believed? They believed they controlled the whole nation's data traffic. Yeah. They will be able to essentially be the gatekeeper and drive all the value. Charter, telecommunications, people like that. Yeah, and they whatever. all yeah. essentially became commodity and most of them became a disaster. What is the fiber of the space? Rocket companies. Yep. Rocket companies are going to become the commodity because there are going to be hundreds of them and they're going to compete against the same thing. Cheaper, faster, cheaper, faster. And it's going to go down to marginal cost of zero. Okay. Because only cost of going to space is going to be fuel. And someday that cost of the fuel is going to be so little because you'll be able to use nuclear. Second type of companies that were created were the companies that actually build the last mile solution, the internet service providers. Yeah. They also became commodity, but they had a recurring revenue business because they were able to get some small money per subscriber. And those are going to be the companies that build in the space they call lenders. You go land on the moon, they build on the land on the Mars. The third set of companies that were built were application companies. Facebook. Facebook, Google. All of these companies that build the application for specific purposes. And that's where the money is. And that's where the money is, right? So what are those companies? Whether they're creating fuel depot, whether they're creating hotels, whether they're going out and converting the water into hydrogen and oxygen, whether they're doing lunar mining, whether they're bringing back the helium-3 to planet Earth and using it for the fusion reactor to create a clean energy resource. One day in next 10 years, we're going to have fusion reactor on planet Earth. And then someone is going to say, hey, that's really cool. Does someone have helium-3? And that you want to be the guy where the puck is going to be saying, yep, got helium-3. How much right. do you need? <laughs> right. right. And right. that is the beauty of being an entrepreneur is that you never want to be where the puck is. You want to go where the puck is going to the be. The famous Wayne Gretzky quote. That's right. In theory, you're sending this unmanned vehicle mm -hmm. to land on the moon next year yes how are you getting it up there so we're using a very cheap rocket which is coming again coming is it, is it taking off in india or kazakhstan or no it's taking off either from us or it's going to launch from new zealand oh okay right and the reason is we changed the way people thought about going to space which is really about instead of using the big rockets the bfrs to go to the moon. <laughs> I can imagine what that stands for. Yes, and that's actually what's called BFR. Right. Right? That's Elon's word, not mine. Right. <laughs> but what if you could launch your spacecraft from the low Earth orbit and we actually got the rocket from a company called Rocket Lab for under $5 million that launches us to the low Earth orbit and our lander itself has a rocket that launches from the low Earth orbit and goes to the moon. And you don't need much thrust because there's no atmosphere to get through, etc. At least very little atmosphere yeah. left. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. And so, just to f- finish off on the space point, here we are. It's near the tw- end of 2018. We're sitting in this very beautiful hotel yep. in Palo Alto. It's sunny outside. How long before you think moon travel or moon colonization is a reality? Ten Realis- years. Ten years. Ten years. You, you believe that. That's going to happen. I absolutely believe in 10 years we're going to be having a permanent settlement on the moon. I believe in the next next 20 years there's going to be baby born on the moon from the people who are living on the moon. And they're going to be parents who are going to be looking up and saying, we come from that planet. And that is really, you know, I mean. How old are you? I just want to see if we can check back in 20 years. Oh, of course. I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm going to be alive here. I'm going to be alive for a very <laughs> long time. Remember. We are going to make the chronic disease I know. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that now. And by the way, human longevity is the same thing. What is one chronic disease that kills everyone? Cancer. No. Aging. Age, yeah. Aging is a chronic disease that kills most people. What if that chronic disease could be solved? (laughs) (laughs) Right. You're laughing. (laughs) Yeah, I am. I am because it all sounds crazily outlandish. But it, it is does. only thing is because people have a preconceived notion of what is possible. So uh, can I ask, are you a billionaire? I don't talk about you, money. To me, the billionaire is the, someone who can change the billions people's lives. And I, I tell you, I'm about to be a billionaire. <laughs> right, right. So I want to help a billion people live without suffering. And that is the only matrix I care about is your success is not measured by how much money you have in the bank. Your success is measured by how many people's lives you've been able to improve. The day you become humble is the day you become successful. So chronic illness. So in addition to making us an interplanetary species, you're also trying to make illness a choice. Yes. Illness optional. Yes. How? How? So if you look at the human body, we believe we have opened up every part of human body. What did we miss? What we missed is we believe somehow we humans are essentially unique and alone and everything else around us is simply a parasite on us. In the days when the, you know, people were dying from infectious diseases, the whole idea came about, whether it is bacteria or viruses, they are the enemy of humanity. And if somehow we can keep our human body sterile, we're going to have a human body that's going to be a healthy human body. What people missed out on that is that we as humans actually consist of microorganisms. 40 trillion microorganisms live inside us. 40 trillion. 40 trillion. We have 7 billion people on planet Earth. Think about 5,000 planets that have 7 billion people. Of all those people, human combined, are living in one person's gut. Right. 
So we have a whole universe of universes inside of us. Right. 5,000 planet Earth living inside us. Right. If that's not enough, what is really interesting is what makes us who we are are, are genes that are expressed in our body. Our human DNA that we get from our mom and dad, they only express about 20,000 gene expression, 20,000 genes that are expressed. These 40 trillion organisms are expressing around 2 million to 20 million genes. Okay. That means we are less than 1% human when it comes to the genes that are expressed. Now, the thing that really, really got me into this was every scientific literature, every single chronic, chronic disease, whether it's Parkinson's, Alzheimer, depression, anxiety, obesity, diabetes, autoimmune diseases, heart diseases, cancer, every one of these diseases is caused by inflammation. And every one of these diseases is caused by the imbalance of the microbiome. Or the microbiome, when they're releasing the enzymes and peptides and molecules that are absorbed in our body and they change our gene expression, is what's causing all these chronic diseases. Is that true? Scientific literature is absolutely 100% clear. There is a two parts. One is causative and one is essentially correlated. Yeah. So in many cases, in all the cases, they have proven that there is a direct correlation, correlation. between microbiome imbalance and a different diseases. In some of the cases, they have Causation. also proven the causative part. Okay. So for example, they were able to take a micro gut microbiome from a fat person and gave it to a mice that did not have any gut microbiome and that mice became fat. And that's the only thing that changed. And did the, by the way, they did the same thing with diabetes. They did the same thing with a bunch of other diseases. In fact, in human species, there are few times you are allowed to essentially uh, take someone else's microbiome and actually install in yourself. It's called fecal matter transplants, FMTs. That it, sounds okay. Right. Yeah. So when you have a a disease, uh, when you have a C diff infection, C mm -hmm. diff infection, and you have to take lots and lots of antibiotics, and we'll come back to what causes C diff infection, right? Yeah. Once you have that, the only proven and only time it is approved for you to be able to take essentially a poop from another person and essentially give it to you to essentially reinstall your microbiome because your whole microbiome has been gutted down and yeah. C. diff has taken over, which is a nasty parasite. And when you give other microbiome there, they basically control the C. diff gotcha. to go back into its place, right? The whole idea of looking at the genes, which is the DNA sequencing, was really the false way of looking at the human biology. From the time we are born to the time we die, our genes don't change. Our DNA does not change. It's identical. How is it somewhere along the lines we start to get sick? Something else that changes, that is the expression of these genes. That means it's not the genes. It is the gene expression that what matters. And that's really what we set out to do. So I started this company called Wyom. And the fundamental things we do is to understand every gene that's expressed by your microbiome. And soon we'll be also doing the same thing on the host side. The so this host side. Host side, which what is the humans, mean? right? Okay. So microbial things are in our gut. The right. host side is like looking at the blood to understand right. how the gene expresses so, changes. So right now the way it works is 
I go to Viome's website or whatever. I pay whatever it is, a few hundred bucks. Yeah. But it's not few thousands or tens of yeah. thousands. It's few hundred now. And you send me a box. Mm-hmm. And then I deposit my gift yes. to you in this box. Tiny gift. Remember, this, sometimes this small, <laughs> the best thing comes in a small quantity. <laughs> so you basically, I send a, a poop sample to you. Mm-hmm. And then what do you guys do with it? So we analyze that and mm-hmm. essentially look at every single thing that your microbiome is doing inside your gut. Okay. And by looking at the stuff and saying, what are the things they are producing? And that's really our key. We don't just look at what organisms are there, which is why this science never evolved. 99% of the companies that all are out there who are doing microbiome testing, they're simply doing this scam, which is 16S testing. So when you go to companies like Ubiome, BIOH, and Biome, or other scrap, they're all simply scamming you. They do the 16S test that cannot detect any of what is going on inside your gut. They look at, most 16S can give you is only the bacteria at very, very high level, like eight different types of bacteria. Every human has the same eight. So really, there is no difference when you're looking at that level. Hundreds and thousands of different organisms can produce exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. That means your gut may be completely different from a, a, a mine, but we both could be producing butyrate, which is good for our body. Okay. And same thing, or could be producing some different organisms could be, or the same organism can produce multiple things depends on what you're eating. So now imagine once we look at how your body is inside your gut, now we look at the food and we say, okay. So effectively you're reverse engineering from this sample. Yes. What are the foods that you can digest that are going to produce the nutrients that your body needs and what foods you need to be avoiding so that you don't produce the stuff that's causing toxins and causing the inflammation in your body. So let me give you some examples. Okay. So when you People believe that spinach is really healthy. It turns out spinach has very high oxalic acid or oxalates. When you eat that food and your body and your gut cannot detox that oxalic acid into something benign, you're going to end up as a kidney stone or cause inflammation. Same thing now you can look at the things people say, oh, I am so on po- a... spinach is poisonous for some people. If, if spinach is poisonous, at least in our sample for about 30% to 40% of the people. I just have a question. So if a doctor listens to this podcast, yeah, yeah. will they say, this dude is a quack. He doesn't know what he's talking so about. So what the doctors would say is that I was never taught anything like this in my medical school. Mm-hmm. And here's why. When they graduate from medical school, even today, by the way, so here's the interesting part. The scientific literature for the last 10 years, and again, everyone listening to it, all they have to do is Google it. Mm -hmm. Go back and say, depression and microbiome, Parkinson's and microbiome, you will find there's 15 years before you see the first symptom, the disease starts in the gut. Now, if you start to go back and look at, people say type 1 diabetes is genetic. Just type diabetes, type 1, and microbiome, and you will see the research that shows how microbiome is directly influencing type 1 disease. Not type 2 disease, which everyone agrees is actually caused by the diet, right? So I'm saying is every one of these diseases you can start to think about are actually coming from the inflammation and the gut microbiome. Or at least heavily, heavily correlated. But now, if that is the case, yes. 
why would not hundreds of billions of dollars be being put yeah, so tell into you research what. in this area? There is hundreds of billions of dollars are being put in the research in this area, except that it never goes to the consumer and the patient. And here's why. In our healthcare system, in America where we live, every single person in the healthcare sector makes money when you are sick. Chronic disease to them is a subscription business. Imagine when you go out and say, I have an autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. Do they try to figure out what's causing an autoimmune disease? It's a one size fits all. Let's suppress the immune system. Excuse me for a second here. When you suppress the immune system, don't you think I'm going to get other diseases? Oh yeah, yeah we know that. We have, we have drugs for them. When I take those drugs, what happens? Well, you know, some people might benefit, and but you're going to have a lot of side effects. But we got drugs for those too. They patch it here, it breaks yeah. in other places. And that's literally... It's like a whack-a-mole. Whack-a-mole. That's exactly what's going on. Now, what I think most people don't understand is even the drugs that are approved have efficacy rate of 25%. And what that really means... So it works in one out of four people. Yeah, but that's, that's easy. What really, if you think about it the other way around is, every one of these drugs have a bunch of side effects. I mean, you've seen the ads, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, tell me, if you are a, in any industry and you go to your customer, three out of four of you will never be helped by this drug, will only have the adverse effects. You will only be harmed by my product. And other, 20, other one out of four might get some benefit out of it, but you will also be harmed. How many do you need, sir? You're going to laugh at me and say, are you crazy? Am I going to never buy your product? But that's what the drugs do. Three out of four are only harmed. And one out of four is benefited, is also harmed. <laughs> but so, but this view is, is quite, uh, speaking of ut utopias and dystopias, the, way, the system you're describing is ex in extremely dystopic. I mean, I'm sure you know doctors. I have a couple of yeah. my friends are doctors. I mean, they're, they get joy and satisfaction out of helping pe pe people correct. get better. But that's the thing. My point is... So if this is... But it just the way you describe it makes it sound so obvious. But here's the thing. They are not taught those skills. So when you go to a medical school, mm -hmm. ask anyone of your doctor friend. They never taught about nutrition and they never taught about microbiome. They become the salespeople for pharmaceutical companies. So think about what doctors are taught. Listen to the symptom and prescribe a drug. They are basically trying to attach a symptom to a massive drug, knowing we all are very different individuals. And that's one reason why some people benefit and others don't. And even if you have identical twins with identical DNA, it works on one, it doesn't work on another. So the idea, the vision of, for this is that eventually you can make this home, you know, like a direct-to-consumer. Or you know. even through the doctor. But the point is that but, but that everybody will do this and everybody will know these are the five foods to avoid for your or body. here are the 10 foods that are best for you. Here are the 10 foods you right. should be avoiding. And other, here are the other foods you can eat in moderation. Right. And, and avoid other, other, these are other 50 foods that you try to minimize. And these horrific diseases, well, obviously they're not going to disappear, but they'll dissipate from what they so are So it today. will be preventative and it will also be reversing of these chronic diseases. Here's the interesting part. We don't make any claim of diagnosing or curing any diseases. But if you go to Wyom.com, and you click on stories, mm -hmm. you'll see thousands of our people who on their own are sending us their own stories. 
their acne is gone their eczema is gone they are losing weight they no longer taking the drugs for joint pains these are the people we never thought we do anything for we don't cure those diseases but those symptoms that used to call diseases are disappearing we get hundreds and thousands of transcripts from every single person all we're doing is trying to help and understand what is going on and what's causing diseases. And this is probably a time for, you know, just for me to just share my own personal story. And that maybe give us people an idea. We grew up very poor. We didn't have food to eat. I grew up in India. And Where in have, India? Uh, in, you know, Western, uh, in the Western part of the country. We did not have a place to stay. So we didn't have a place we called home. We okay. moved from village to village to village. Despite all that, I came to United States with $5. 35 years ago, and God has been very kind to us. I mean, every which way of measure of success you look at the thing, this is, you know, I'm a, I'm a living American dream. That is what really bothers me, that I have really benefited a lot from the society. What am I doing to give back? And at my age now, what I'm really thinking about is, what can I do to repay my debt? Unlike pharmaceutical companies, I don't need to make money. When I prescribe to you, what am I prescribing? A personalized drug that you take every day yourself. What is more personalized than the food make choices you make every day? What if that was the only medicine we need? This is such a revolutionary concept. How can you think about such a thing? It's not a new concept, guys. This is one we knew. It's just that in this society of modern era, we forgot with all the industrialization of food, with all industrialization of everything we do, we do at a production treating every single human being as, as one type. We right. all, right? Without realizing we each one of us are so different. You know, it's not just that. When we see people going on these different fat diets, people you go on- You get a lot of that out here. Oh my Everybody God. I meet is either fasting- Either in the, in on a ketogenic, ketogenic diet. diet, fasting diet, or paleo diet, or all. Yeah. Remember, we see the people who are on fasting diet. Imagine what happens when you're not feeding your microbes. They, I imagine they get pissed. No, they start eating what's around them. So they start feeding on your gut lining. So, they, so we see the mucin metabolization. Hmm. That means we are, they're eating the mucin in our gut lining. Right? That doesn't sound Because yeah. anytime you fight evolution, evolution wins. Yeah. Right. So my point is, we can now tell you what is the right food that you should be eating or food that's good for one person can be harmful to another person. There is no such thing as universal healthy food. Even the food that's good for you today is not necessarily going to be good for you in the next three months. And here's why. When you eat certain types of food, you're feeding those organisms and your gut is constantly being modified. And that means if you don't retest yourself every three or four months, then you're going to again become imbalanced. And that's one reason even the people who lose weight on a certain diet, mm. they plateau out or they start gaining weight again. That makes for a very good uh, business model. But for it bio. doesn't because we actually charge very little. So remember, this thing used to cost tens of thousands. We mm. charge for the initial test three ninety nine. Subsequent tests are only one ninety nine. We don't even make money. We are simply doing to get to the cost. It's trying to hope that our cost will continue to come down. As it comes down, we're going to keep reducing the price. Our job is not to make the most amount of money. That's the reason we don't do advertising. 
because when we do advertising somebody is paying for it yeah and we're trying to keep the cost as low as possible but if it's again back to this the philosophy of helping billions of people why not advertise why not because i mean again, again if 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 all of this research is there in plain view mm-hmm. and nobody else is doing this yeah and this is something that is could you know change society and yeah. people's lives why? how many people can afford it that's a problem the problem uh, I look at the stuff is how many people can pay three ninety nine or four. Presumably, the more people do it, the easier it would be bring the price down. And, no? and that's what we're doing is trying to keep it low enough and build enough volume through word of mouth, which is really our customers are our biggest, uh, you know, our biggest supporter. Right. So if you just look, I mean, go, as I go to Wyom.com and look on the stories, our customers talk about us everywhere. And the interesting thing is the people who have taken our test have become our biggest supporter, Deepak Chopra. Dr. Oz, I mean, everyone, the Michelle V, I mean, you've got thousands and thousands of influencers. They talk about us because they all have seen it work for themselves. Even the people who thought they were healthy with a 12-pack ab will come back and say, you know what? After I change my diet, my bloating is gone. Right. This is not a time you and I will go out drinking and come back the next day and say, you know, honey, I might have caught diabetes today. Because it's not something you yeah, catch. Yeah, 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 it yeah. is something you develop over yeah. a long period of time because a low-grade chronic inflammation. And by the way, it's not just diet. Other thing is stress. We live in a society that was, I mean, our even human body wasn't designed to be under constant stress, right? Or certainly it, sitting at a desk for hours of a day. That, that too. But I think, think about it. Only time the stress is needed because that is what saved us. Fight and flight. We were in a sympathetic state when we were under danger. And guess what happens when you have in a a sympathetic state? At that time, body shuts down things that are unnecessary. What's unnecessary? Your immune system, your digestive system. When there is a tiger chasing you, does body say, let's keep all the energy to digest the food here or let's keep our immune system on a point so we don't get infection? It's simply saying, let's shut everything down, let's put the thing and the two things will happen. Either you died and you were done or you survived and stress was down. Right. That is your body is always in the sympathetic state and that means your digestive system, your immune system is constantly under attack. And that's the reason that if one advice I can tell you that people should do without having to do any Wyom test ever is before you eat, take a deep breath, calm down, relax, get yourself into parasympathetic state before you put a food in your mouth. When you're stressed and sitting in front of TV and eating, your digestive system is shut down. So if you can't afford it, all I can tell you is we're going to do everything we can to keep the cost low. Right. And we're going to bring this cost down from $399 to $299 to $199 to $99 to hopefully, the good thing that's in our favor is everything we do is on exponential technology. The cost of sequencing is coming down. Cost of processing data is coming down. All those things will bring the cost down someday to under $10. And right. hopefully everyone will be able to afford it. Right. So this is your company number... Seven. Seven. So you came here when? So I came here in 1983. What did you study? I had a degree in industrial engineering and uh, labor union management. <laughs> labor union management? Yeah. And what? then I started a computer company. And then I started all the different companies. And but all so, so you, I think you, did you come here for, was it a Microsoft originally? No, 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 no. I came here and I had a job paying me $3 an hour. Doing what? Internship. And I thought this is not the place, this country is not the place I want to live. 
I was living in New Jersey, and I because you had studied in in India. In right? India, so I came here with uh, basically on internship job for three dollars an hour. What was the internship? What were you doing? Uh, computer programming, because the brown guys should always know computer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, the, it was just amazing that here I have never seen a computer in my life, and just because they thought I'm Indian, I must I, I must be really bright computer guy. <laughs> so they right. put me in programming. Okay. Guess what I learned programming. <laughs> Right. right, but the interesting thing is nothing. No two companies that have ever started are in the same industry. So you started. You went to New Jersey initially. Yeah, that's you know. I don't want to talk about me. I'm going to talk about what I. Can I know, do. but people lo- people want to know, like because so obviously am, you're you're you know wanting to take us to the moon and and make. So I want to talk about the lessons I have learned in life yeah. because the lessons I have learned is once you become an expert in any field, once you become good at something you're mostly useless in that field. And what I mean by that is, <laughs> once you're good at something mm-hmm. and you become an expert, the best you can do is to improve it by 10% or 15%, incremental improvement. Yeah. If you want to disrupt an industry, you have to come from outside the industry knowing nothing about that industry. Because then you can challenge the foundation of what people have taken it for granted. Expert becomes an expert by having a foundational knowledge. And the minute they challenge the foundational knowledge, they're no longer the expert. Right. Right. So it takes is someone like me to say, why are people sick? It's not going to come out of a person who is in that medical system. The same reason the automotive companies are not going to come and say, let's make an electric car. <laughs> right? right. Or someone is going to come out of and saying, wow, I'm in a fossil fuel industry. Let's just go make the fossil fuel industry obsolete. <laughs> Right? It is just not something that comes. And very interesting um, is I'm also on the board of XPRIZE. I'm on the, also on the board of Singularity University. And let me tell you why I mentioned that. At XPRIZE, every time XPRIZE is all about launching an incentive prize to solve a, a large societal problem. Right. It, now, that was the, the origin, origin of like the kind of private space Private industry. space or whatever the thing is. Yeah. Like we just awarded, by the way, we had a prize that we had uh, launched for women's safety. And we just awarded a million dollars that me and my wife to someone who could develop a small sensor that anytime a woman is unsafe, whether they have a cell phone or they are out of cell coverage, they are able to essentially send the signal where they are and send the thing to the uh, authorities and the loved ones with their location, and it starts to do the audio recording of what is going on. Whoa. Right? Now, we decided that was enough problem, big enough, Yeah. and we gave a million dollars, and we just awarded a million dollars to the United Nations a couple of months ago. Right? S- but with the, I mean, continue with the story. Yeah. Why? Every time we have launched a prize... Whether it's oil cleanup, whether it's a, uh, air, you know, air travel, or whether we launch for anything else, it turns out the winner of the prize that's a disruptive technology has never come from the industry. Never. It is always the people who are outside the industry are able to disrupt that industry and the prize essentially gives them a challenge and focus and, the, and it, a target to shoot at. Right. This idea of scarcity, the reason we put value to things is because we believe that things are scarce. What if the things were abundance, right? So we value money because money is scarce. We value land because we believe land is scarce. Mm -hmm. We value energy because we believe energy is scarce. What is one thing we don't value is air and oxygen because it's an abundance. Imagine if energy was the next air. 
what if we can get free democratized energy just like air? Every one of us can live live in a place and be in a sports stadium of 70,000 and never fight over air because we all believe there's plenty of us for everyone. What if we are able to cre- create energy in so much abundance it becomes free to everyone? What if we can have abundance of food? What would the value of money be if there is nothing that you need? Even the terrorism is going to go away. We're going to have world peace because the things we fight over are in abundance now. So is, is energy the next thing you're working on? I really believe that some that needs to be disrupted. Is mm. because the same thing that makes our human body healthy is a gut microbiome. What is the gut microbiome of the plant? Soil. If you are able to adjust the microbiome of the soil, not only you won't need the pesticides, you will be able to increase the yield substantially. I want to be able to solve the problem of education. I want to be able to say a education system that was designed to teach you skills. And we are living in a world with exponential technologies that any skill that you learn becomes obsolete by the time you graduate. What you need is learning to learn. It cannot be unidisciplinary because problems mm. tend to be multidisciplinary. Yeah. How do you create that? That's another problem that should be solved by personalizing education system to have you learn, not how the teacher teaches. How long do you think you're going to live? Because these are a lot of big problems and these are going to take a long time to solve. But they don't take a long time and that is the beauty of the current environment. If you look at the cell phones, to get to the first million cell phones, mm-hmm. it took 10 years. To get the first million Snap users, took a lot less. Yeah. Right? So my point is, ab- ability for people to be able to create new ideas and to be able to be adapted is substantially smaller now. Is the point then that you think this is a kind of epical moment in, the, in human history? We are living in the most innovative decade in the human history. There has never been a time in the human history where individuals and a small group of people are capable of doing things that only could be done by nation states. And that's why reason I believe the entrepreneurs are going to become the next superpower. We are going to be able to solve the problem, not just of making illness optional. We're going to be able to solve the education problem, create abundance of food, create abundance of energy, create abundance of free fresh water. And those are the problems that are going to be solved by entrepreneurs. Healthcare did not get solved by Obamacare or Trump care or Putin care. It's going to be solved by an entrepreneur says enough Putin is care. enough. <laughs> right? Yeah. I believe the problem of Terrorism is going to be solved by simply people believing that tomorrow is going to be better than today. The reason people are willing to commit crimes are because they believe they have no hope. The helplessness and hopelessness is what causes people to do crime. When people believe in their heart that tomorrow is going to be so much better, they're willing to live for tomorrow. We create an actual reason for people to be good by giving them hope of what is possible. Not just giving them hope, giving them the reality. The best way to change perception is to change the reality. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.